Salsa Pass is Calling, the official podcast by Granda. Learn from the world's best chefs and boost your own career. Your host today is Valentin, CEO and co-founder of Granda. My guest today is Andreas Caminada. I mean, in the German-speaking area, I actually don't need to add anything because he's a brand itself. But for those who don't know him around the world, um, Andreas is a legendary Swiss chef who received his third Michelin star already more than 10 years ago. He's one of the most influential people on Swiss and also Alpine cuisine. In the small village of Fürstenau, Andreas created a unique food hotspot. Because besides his restaurant, he also has, he's running a hotel, also has another restaurant, running a catering company. He's writing books, producing recipe videos, and he's also running a foundation for young culinary talent, which we're going to talk um, a little bit later about. But let's start. Um, welcome, Andreas. And my first question is, um, which of your many, many projects you're currently running requires most of your time? And it's a good question. Uh, yeah, thank you, first of all, for, for the invitation. And it's great to speak to you. And uh, I think, you know, every project has needs his his time and needs his, uh, yeah, it's the, the, the effort to, yeah, to take care of it. And to, even if you start a new project in 10 years, it's not new anymore. You still need to feed it. You still need to to be be there, to, to, to make changes, to, to look forward. It's never something which you just start with the project and then it's done. You start the project, but then the work is starting even more. So at the moment, I think we have an uh, we're on a new opening on the, of the of the restaurant Mametsberg, which uh, which is a new restaurant and uh, also six rooms with it, which we open in uh, October. Which is which Silvio is gonna run. Silvio German, he was uh, seven years head chef at Iknit Vatragats for us, and uh, he's an amazing young guy, and, uh, and he has now the chance to take over this Mametsberg, and he has then. Also, a little bit his own, his own boss down there, and we try to support him what he needs. And uh, I think this is going to be an amazing project. That's what we had a lot of focus on right now because we completely refurbished the whole place. And then, of sure, the castle, the Schloss Schauenstein, is always focus number one. Yeah, I mean, we we talked a little bit um, before before the recording, and we talked about you know you're not just a chef; you're also an entrepreneur. Today, what do, you, what do you think? Are you more a chef or a more entrepreneur? I think we do everything which, which has to do with being a chef and which has to do with having a restaurant. I think I started my place here at the Schloss Schauenstein 20 years ago. And when I started, sure, I was the chef. And uh, I was uh, working with another chef in the kitchen and it was my place to, to be able to uh, transform the creativity, to transform that, that love into the dishes. And, and sure, it's never only about the dish. It's always about the restaurant. And then if you start with the restaurant, there are so many components who are being added to the kitchen that it was never only being a chef. Sure, there was always the, the main focus on, but you have to think about the, the, you have to think about the, the restaurant. You have to think about the, the furniture. You have to think about the laundry. You have to think about everything. So, so that's never just being a chef. It's always more. If you if you mm. make the step to be self-employed, then it's always more than just being a chef. And and I do this since 20 years. But the main focus is still what is on the plate, what comes out of the kitchen, what is the what is the style we have in all the concepts we have. For example, the castle has a known identity, and the Iknif, which we opened up seven years ago, the first one. This is a sharing concept. This is 
this is another like another uh, what is another concept which which we really wanted to create which was a little bit different than the castle but still with a very nice hospitality dna with a great quality but not the castle and not the same than the castle and so that was already a challenge to create something which is completely different and then we have now already created ox which is a vegetarian counter which is also something which is just speaking for themselves it's always a concept which is it's just about the concept and we don't we don't uh, we don't mix up with all the concepts. It's, we always try to be very, very uh, strict on any concept that we don't mix it up because that would not get this strongness that we, I think, have in our concepts, mm. which we do. And uh, But still, it's always driven by the food. It's always driven by the cuisine. Sure, after the food comes the presentation, which is a very important part. Then comes the atmosphere. Then comes the way how we serve, the way how the people walk around, what the music in the restaurant is. End and end and end and and so that's always a challenge and I think, but it all always starts with an idea. What could it be for a cuisine, for what kind of of, of restaurant it is, for example, and mm-hmm. that's food. So food is very important and uh, and stays important and uh, and I'm very active uh, creating the the menus with Marcel Ski at the Schloss Schauenstein always. That's that's my main restaurant and all the other concepts i start at the beginning with my head chefs there i do brainstormings with them i bring inputs in there but they are finally being in their kitchens and then trying to to Mm. to really surprise the guests with the the flavors and everything but there i'm just more like a mentor but they are all chefs that worked with me at the castle so they know how how we think about food how 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 what's the idea behind whatever that's that's very important but I'm mainly only taking care with Marcel together on the Schloss Schauenstein kitchen. Mm. Um, but besides all the, the, the culinary stuff, the gastronomic part um, you mentioned, there is a, a big, let's say, a little bit more unsexy part, which is, you know, financing, organization, marketing, accounting, like all that business stuff on, on, on the side of a, of a restaurant, which is, you know, a completely different game. Um, do you take care yourself of that or do you have someone who is who is running that because i i read you have now 70 employees that's like a yeah it's a big company no yeah we have 70 employees here in first now with with the castle and with the casa caminada and the odds and then we have another around 70 people which are working on the ignifs which also belonging to us from the from the concepts so it's about 140 people yes sure it's i mean We became bigger. I have sure my wife is working with me. She's doing all the finance, all the budgets, and all these things. But this is not actually unsexy. This is just a part of the game. And uh, and when I started over here with four employees, it was important to have these numbers under control. You know, I knew okay, I cannot open up and cook only with uh, lobster and uh, turbo and uh, caviar and white truffle. <laughs> that was from the beginning somehow like we cannot afford that. We have to use so- more simple products, more. Yes, more like vegetable products, whatever, but not this only high-end product or like these very specific products like caviar and whatever. So our cuisine is actually from the beginning based on very simple products like a tomato, cucumber, onions, and all these things. And this is still actually a little bit of the of the main DNA of of the of all the cuisines we do. It's a very product-driven cuisine, which are the products which are not high luxury. It's more like the the normal products everybody knows and uh, and that was that was like a a key to be able to survive because we 
we opened up the restaurant. We didn't know if any guests are going to come. We didn't know. We didn't want it to be like, uh, it doesn't matter. We just want to achieve stars or whatever. That was never the, the main goal. The main goal was to be able to create something and to surprise customers and to be able to survive and pay the bills at the end of the month and being able to pay the, the salaries of the employees. And, and that's so much pressure that you really always take care of these costs. And then that's something which which I think mm. every young chef should should be aware of it. It's not about... So your, your, your kitchen style also developed out of a necessity yes. of staying yes. lean. Yes, and being able to survive. And, uh, and I try really to... To, all, to school all my chefs and all my employees that that is a very important part it's nice to work in a hotel and the hotel says hey we want three stars the cost doesn't matter because but that's that's not reality and i think this is anyway not a good way to to show to us as chefs that costs doesn't matter it always matters because when everything when everything comes together amazing dishes with an amazing atmosphere and the costs are right, and the and the and the how you call it, and the the turnover is right, and maybe also the 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 earnings are right at the end. Then everything, then it's perfect. Then it's a perfect restaurant. But if it's just cooking well and have has just a great atmosphere, it, it it's not going to survive. And a crisis like Corona, they're going to close this restaurant first. So it's always important for young people that they are aware of the costs. And how how do you how do you learn that? How did you learn that part of of the of the business? I didn't you learn it. In, learn I, it by doing. Yes, so I didn't learn it in 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 school at, at sit, sitting on a bench. I learned it because I knew shit. I took over this place. I have to pay my rent end of the month. Oh, I have three employees. Oh, I have to pay their loan, the money end of the month. So I had from the beginning to be to take care of that. And sure, from year to year, you get a little bit more confident. You know, oh, hey, last year was not so bad. Okay, now we could rise a little bit the prices. We have more customers coming in. We had a little budget, and then you do a little bit more a progressive budget for the next year. So you learn to go around and to go along with all these things. But it's it's so important. And, uh, and if you are really there, and it's your responsibility to not fuck up, then you realize, then you just have to make it happen. And this is just like a main responsibility you have. And that's something maybe people don't call. Mm. Maybe there are some people who are not able to do it. But at the end, if you're not able to do it, then you just, then you, it's better okay. if you stay just as an employee. So it's not necessary that everybody goes on self-employment. If somebody feels that, that he's not able to do that, and this is maybe a number too big, then he should just work somewhere where he's happy and where he receives mm. his uh, monthly salary. I think not everybody's meant to be a, a, a self-employed. I think, but I had very early already this this feeling of hey, I want to decide by myself how the plates are looking. I want to decide how the the restaurant is looking. I want to take responsibility for that. To yes, I I really had this this burning inside of my body mm -hmm. that I said hey, I want to be self-employed and this as soon as possible and as young as possible because this is something which you just feel. And then you just have to follow uh, and make the right decisions. Is there a single most important tip you would give someone someone who said, okay, I, I want to go in that game. I want to found my own company. I take that responsibility. I'm going to run the business. Is there a single most important tip you learned where you said, okay, take care of this or be aware of this? 
I think never spend the money before you don't earn it. I think that's something. Maybe you need to make some first investments, but afterwards, never. I, I was never buying a, a machine if I couldn't afford it. I was always like waiting, 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 putting it on my priority list, but always waiting till I had the money and then I bought it. So to be to be aware to not just spend out the money because first you need to first you need to 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 earn the money before you spend it. So that's I think a very important advice. And the other advice is sure also being patient and uh, and and really uh, have a a long term thinking of a project which you which you start for your own. You start you make it for yourself and it's your company. So you cannot come after two years and say ah. ah I have to work too much. Maybe it's not the right decision. I think you need to be aware that it's going to be so hard to 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 build up something, to build up a reputation, to build up a, a, a team, and to build up a guest uh, a guest um, community. That takes time. So I think patience is quite quite important. And what motivated you? Uh, you know, there are always highs and lows, and sometimes you know I see it. By myself was also being an entrepreneur. You know, you have fuck ups. How? What motivated to you to yeah to push through the hard times? Was it a bigger vision where you said like I I still believe in that or what was it? You know, when when we opened up the restaurant, uh, I think we were five years or up to seven years. We were always in the shit because we had a lots of work. So we never <laughs> had enough employees, and I was always saying, ah, I wait another half a year before i uh, uh before i hire somebody else because you never know what happens and uh, our problem was more that we worked way too much for that what for what the person should work but i think i worked crazy it was crazy from morning 6 30 to make breakfast for the for the hotel guests we had we had only four rooms but even them you needed to serve a breakfast then having lunch then having afternoon the check-in then having the dinner then waiting till the guests go to bed then cleaning up so they went from let's say seven in the morning until three o'clock at night there was always working through that was so heavy there was more our problem that we were waiting too long till we hired somebody but it was also important because we didn't want to you don't want to get uh, you know too lazy and to to start and putting in too many employees because then the costs are maybe just overtake you so that's something which is a uh, i knew that it takes quite five to six years to have somehow a uh, a great, uh, a great, uh, how you call it, a great, uh, great balance into it. That you know also, mm -hmm. okay, we have we have these numbers per year. It's going to be good. We, that we can also that you can rely on the years before. It it just takes time, and that that mm -hmm. was more. How many? Yeah. How many years were? Was it? Was it five years for I would you? Say, where you, you know, said okay? I think the first two years we worked throughout throughout vacation. And then we said, hey, it cannot be like that. We need to close it twice a year. Then we close it twice a year for four weeks, I think. And then always when we came back from our vacation, we had always like our, our bank account was always down on minus completely because we had the bills went on. We were on vacation. We had to pay the, the salaries. And then we came back and then we had to start again and to to look to look up that the bank, bank account grows again. So that took us, I think, about up to seven years till till all of a sudden when we came back from the vacation there was still a little bit of money left so it's just because you just have you just have this cost coming in so you have to pay the tax you have to pay the 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 mm. the what do you call it mevetsteuer and all these things and this takes a long time till you till you have a little bit of a of a 
a good balance into that. Yeah, I mean, I. I, I grew up in a hotel. I know um, how how it was um, also at the beginning, but but it seems to be you know like my my mom is now fifty seven. She's running a restaurant. She wouldn't need to, but she loves it. You know, mm -hmm. every day full gas. But she she realized you can't do that seven days a week for until you are sixty. You die. Yes. You just die. So she took off two days a week. So she closes and she also goes to vacation like six seven weeks a year. Mm -hmm. And still, you know, at one point, the revenue stays the same because people know you have quality, you get more creative, you know, you have more energy. And I think, you know, people might underestimate you. Yeah, you can do five, six, seven years, your hours you describe, but you can't do that forever. Exactly. And, and, and how do you find a balance today for yourself that you say, hey, also take some time off? Yeah, you know, it, it is still hard because we have so many projects, but it's I choose to make this project. So I was aware to be able to that I know I have to work hard for that, for the new project, even more and even more and even more. But still it's the passion who drives you. It's the passion for, for change, the passion for to to create something and to to leave a mark some a mark somewhere, a stamp of, of the work or of the ideas or the different concept. I think that's the driver of, of everything. And uh, it's also important for your employees that they feel Oh, there's a lot of energy inside. They change a lot of things. They they move mm. forward. They have concepts coming up. So that's the energy who who I think it's very important and necessary for our company. But mm. still, we 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 close our restaurants in first now. For example, we close 11 weeks a, a year, and that's why we said, hey, we need to we need to give to our employees as well enough day off. We need to have like the overtime they do. They have more vacation instead. So we try to be very in balance. To work and life, sure there are some some sequences which are maybe a little bit more intense. But then it's another sequence, like for example, from May till end of October, we, we work actually through without vacation. That's quite a long period. But then end of October, middle of October, we have three weeks vacation. Then we come back. Then we work like till middle of December. Then we have another four, four weeks four weeks vacation. Then we come back. Then we work I think two months. Then we have another three weeks vacation. And then this long period is coming. So. We try to really have this work-life balance somehow in 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 a good in a good uh, mm. in a good uh, balance in good balance and uh, mm. and the employees they like it as well they say hey we have a lot of vacation we could also start with a four-week working day instead of doing 11 weeks of vacation we could do the normal official five or six and the rest we could just open up only four weeks a day. But uh, I think when mm. you talk to our employees, they always say, no, no, five days is fine, but the vacation is amazing. So to have two times mm -hmm. a year, three times a year, at least three to four weeks vacation, that's, that's also a lot of, that gives a lot of, a lot of freedom as well. But, but you have five days a, a week open. Yes. We cl oh, oh, in oh, first oh. now, where the Kressel is, the Schloss Schauenstein and Casa Caminada and Ott's restaurant, mm -hmm. the vegetarian, we close always two weeks, two days a week. And that's also that's so important, I think, to have this work-life balance. Is th is that is that the time also for you where you are creative, or where does your creativeness come from? You know, new dishes, new project, new restaurant. When what is your time where you have time for this creativeness? How, how does that work in, in in your brain? I think that is something which you are always somehow working on, and. Uh, And I think the seasonality, we have a great garden, a permaculture garden, which is quite big. So if you walk through this garden, you have a lot of inspiration. You have a lot of ideas coming into your mind when you see a product. 
and then of sure talking to Marcel uh the seasonality is very important and also like i have a great uh, tool which also helps a lot to open up their minds and uh, that is my magazine which we also travel twice a year to to make city trips maybe i was just in mexico visiting jorge viejo the next trip is to berlin and then you you also see a lot of different cultures a lot of different techniques of cooking products and this is very inspiring as well of sure you need to transform it somehow in your cuisine Uh, but this is very inspiring and uh, and then i'm sure you have to somehow when you know you we need a new menu then we sit down we work that on this proce- process and it takes up to one to two weeks till we have a new menu and this is a ping pong with marcel this is a ping pong to see okay what is coming up what products is co- are coming up what what dishes we have or what porcelain we have so this is a combination of many little puzzles to finally uh, have a dish ready again Mm. And and your menu today still looks like okay most likely not but from the product still like so the idea and the philosophy is it still the one you had at the beginning did you stay take care you know what types of products you use and it doesn't it's not the hammer and uh, the the caviar and stuff yes I think we we even went more more into the regionality maybe we started eight years ago. Even to be more focused on that, or with with another with another thought behind it, with more appreciation of sure as well for the local products, and uh, we involve, for example, we have a, a classic dish which we I think the first time we did it was three years ago or four years ago. It was like a pork neck with dried pear and uh, some uh, some onion and some chili oil. So this is a very simple product at the end, but it's it's very tasty, it's very intense, and this is a dish mm-hmm. we served like as a second course in the menu, or we have like like a, a, a cauliflower which is quite nice. Which when we serve the cauliflower, the people just love it. So there are some dishes which are very simple, and, uh, and the products are very well known. But at the end, we try really try always to surprise the the, the guests with a special taste or a special making of of the product, or the, and uh, I think. If I ask customers when they when they were here, maybe the last time ten years ago, and they come back now and they say, "Oh, it's very good." And last time when we were here the first time, it was very good as well. And then I ask them, "Yes, you felt a difference, or is it is it better now?" And it says, "No, no, it's still very good. It's different, but still very good." So, so I think that we, I mean, it's been twenty years. I think we had a huge development mm-hmm. also in our cuisine and in our in our restaurant because. 20 years back it was a little bit different and now it's different and society is asking for more vegetables is asking for more for more uh, sustainable uh, dishes and products and so you 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 also change you have to be like future you have to have these future things thoughts and then i think if we we are more aware about the products and more aware about how how do we deal with all these things Mm. You you talked about traveling, going to Mexico, and uh, you go to Berlin. But especially, you know, Mexico, the cuisine there is is really different from what we have here in the Alps, for example. Mm-hmm. Do you think, or are you are you already or right now already taking um, parts out of those? Let's call it foreign, really far away um, cuisines. And do you think that is? you know, this mix that we have access to it because like 30 years ago, who could go to Mexico to watch a kitchen? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it was not really realistic. Now mm-hmm. you open 
your phone, you see the stuff, you can recook it. Do you think that already have, this has a big impact on the kitchen and uh, the fine dining um, cuisine? And, and where do you see that going? Yeah, I think it's it's very individual. I think it depends a little bit where where you come from, what's your base of cooking, wh how are you interested in in interested in 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 traveling, are you inter interested in different yes ways of cooking and techniques, and I think if you are and if you are aware of the different techniques, for example, then it can be it can even help your cuisine to to the next level. And I think we started like fermenting a lot of things, like we do kimchi, we do like fermentations like the sauerkraut it's anyway something from this culture where we live in but there are so many other things we can ferment which we maybe didn't do 10 years ago and which are now very interested and uh, and brings us a new layer of, of taste and a new layer of, of intensity intensity and then that's very interesting i think and if you're not open-minded you will never discover this and uh, and i think you can also transform like old techniques or the other techniques from other cultures into your with the products from from your region and but with the techniques from from other countries and that's i think it's very important and and at those days we for example when we were in mexico we smuggled uh, like the nopales the, the 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 cactus the cactus leaves the big ones so yeah. we, we, we were able to smuggle three pieces or we took them into switzerland <laughs> we, we put them into our garden downstairs and they're like big plants now and the nopales okay they are growing this, This is so interesting. This has a sourness and a, and a, and a crunch somehow, like a special bite when you bite on it with the sourness. This is a very special product, which is so interesting. And and the, the same is with tomatoes, with sort of tomatoes or with sorts of, of herbs or potatoes or it doesn't matter where. You can get seeds from, from chef friends or and you take it from a country you have been in and then you can plant it here because we have a great climate. We have, a, we have wasabi in our garden. We have lemongrass we have different chilies we have melons we have artichokes we have we have so many different kind of products which we maybe 20 years ago we not even thought about to 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 plant it in in our uh, in our region but they're all working very well so and that's regional cuisine for me because we have it in our mm. own garden it's not uh, it's not a, like a, a very traditional regional cuisine that's what we do in Casa Caminada which is very traditional we cook all its traditional dishes from the region but in the castle we use products which are growing in our garden and that could be everything that could be nopales so we could do like a taco next week on the menu because we have a lot of cactus into our garden now so that that's I think that's our type of cuisine we we really represent at the castle is having something which is tasty which gives different layers of taste with different products and with different uh, maybe inspirations from all around around the world but still done with the with the local ingredient mm -hmm. because we we grow it in our own garden so that's that's a little bit the philosophy of the castle and you know um did you read the modernist cuisine this book this massive five i must i must say i, I, I order it i have it at home But I, I think I never spent more than five minutes on, on looking into these books. But I have it in my in my in my library. But I will I will look at them when I'm retired. I think. <laughs> Adam, you probably have more time. Yes. But what I, I I read a little bit the history. I'm super interested in in history and the history of food. And when you read the history of food in Europe, what in Italy what people were cooking 
thousand years ago has nothing to do what we think is Italian cuisine today. Nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. They were cooking with some um, some um, fish fawn and, and, and stuff and, and really different. So when you look today, what is classic Italian? Yeah. There is tomato. Okay, tomato is not coming from here. You know, that's yeah. obvious. So and pe people thought it's poisoned or it's actually dangerous. Then uh -huh. you have you have polenta, you know, yeah. not coming from here. You know, and I think that's you know, now those things are just faster because we can fly around. And I agree with you that you say, hey, it's it's local because it grows here. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe it's a change of mind. Um, we're going to see as well that, you know, in the Alps, a lot of things grow there. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's also potential in the future. Yeah. And just, just to, I, I talked two weeks ago um, from Mauro Colagreco. I mean, you, you know him. Yeah. And they have, they have this huge garden. They just told me about the garden they have. And uh, like, I don't know, 50, 60% of the ingredients they they grow themselves. Mm -hmm. Is it, you, you talked about your garden. Is it similar or is it just parts of what you cook or? Yeah, we sure. At Ots, we, we took, let's say, 95% out of the garden. In the castle, it's a little bit less because we use mainly the, the flowers, the, the special products we use into it, but they're not the mass. We don't have a mass production yet. We have a permaculture garden with about 800 different kinds of, 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 of so, or sorts of vegetables, herbs, uh, uh, fruits and and everything, so it's quite a it's more like a labor like a lab, labor, a labor to see hey what, uh, what is growing yeah. in this area, what can we try out in this area, and then maybe in the next couple of years we want to enlarge this because we have now more space even to be able to 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 grow a little bit more on 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 production more quantity, so but this is the next years coming up, but still we wanted actually at the beginning more. The varieties to see what what grows here, and then work we work then with the with the local farmers, which are producing the specific product we we wish in in more in more quantity. Mm. So for us, and it's your really chefs? this diversity, diversity, yeah. diversity, which is very important. Yeah, and and your chef are they on in the garden themselves? Do you think that this connection to the food, you know, that they are so connected to their ingredients, also helps them in cooking? Or do you enforce that? Yes, of sure. We have uh, we have one gardener, and we have uh, my father goes and helps there once a week. And we have all the chefs. They go to the garden on Wednesday morning to work, but then also every day to pick all the flowers and to pick all the vegetables, things they need, fruits and uh, and and everything we have. So they're actually daily down in the garden, and I think that's very important to really also feel it, to feel what what is mm -hmm. the right what is the right moment to pick it. To feel how, how you have to pick it that it looks that it still looks nice afterwards that you just not just uh, rip it off so that you take it with a lot of respect and care and that it always looks nice as well as well in the garden and I think that's also a very important things how you you treat and how is the respect about the product who's growing there and what is very important which is very interesting is also to find you know the different stages of the plant when it's well like when when it's when it's very small when it's still green and when it's then coming up to to ripe to the right to the right uh, uh ripeness so it's it's all these stages are very interesting also you know if you eat like a stachelbeere i don't know how you call it in english and some berry <laughs> yeah if you take a berry when it's still Doesn't green matter. it's very special it has a special a special sourness a special like tannins which are maybe very interesting in a to a dish and that's a different berry maybe three months later 
and when the berry is gone, maybe the leaf is very interesting. Interesting, or sometimes you leave even the the vegetables in in the in the, the soil to just let them grow. And if you leave uh, like a kohlrabi into the soil or like a like a cabbage, all of a sudden you have a huge plant with a lot of flowers. And if you take and grab the flowers, you can feel the the taste of the cabbage. So, I think a garden like we have downstairs, it's it's a huge it's a huge. Uh, how you call it, a base for creativity because you you find all the stages and and sometimes mm. you just let it grow and then you then magic happens mm. sometimes so that's that's mm. our I think that's our advantage to 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 all the gardens because everything which grows there maybe you cannot even like order just by the by the by this food supplier. What was the biggest surprise you you found in your garden? The last years where you said, "Wow, I didn't know that that you can eat this." Or yes, I think all so all good. all these flowers and all this. If for example, if you leave a, a bloom a broccoli, for example, if you leave it just in your soil, you don't take it out when it's ready. You just leave it. I think two months later, you will find a plant which is maybe one and a half meters high, and which has a lot of small little uh, little knospen. I call I don't know how to call it knospen and flowers coming up, and then we just pick these parts with a little bit of the steel. And then you have like a small little uh, item which 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 you could never order somewhere because it's unique because you just the normal normal mm. the normal farmer they just take it out when it's ripe I and mean, they take it out when it's ready and, the, and we just leave it in and then consumer then consumer would never use it I no mean, they would take it out much earlier and we leave they leave it in mm. and then magic happens and that's what's that was the most surprising part from from like from from radish from broccoli from blumenkohl from uh, For cabbage, all these things, I think that's that's the mm. most surprising part mm. that I discovered in the last years. If mm. you just let and it is grow. there anything? Is there anything you experiment with right now? Something you're experimenting? Are you? Yeah, we do a lot of. We have a lot of things we do. Like we sometimes we use it as a green part when it's not even uh, ripe. And then we also pickle it when we feel, see how we have too much of that, and we cannot use everything. Then we maybe just pickle it for the for the seller, or we do like a, we dehydrate a lot of things. We also like work a lot of ferment on fermentations with many different kinds of products, and we dehydrate some also some sweet things like we do like a fruit jelly, for example at oats, which is not with fruit, which is done with vegetable. And stuff like that. So that's, I think mm -hmm. there are many projects and many, many, many things we are actually always uh, trying out and trying to, to yes, to have something which is coming up quite new. Man, super exciting when I hear that. I want to start my own garden, um, but um, unfortunately I don't have one. But I think for a lot of young chefs, that's quite, you know, like, hey, maybe I give it a try as well. Um, I, I think so. Thanks a lot for, for this insight. I want to make a, a sharp um, yeah, change of topics. Um, we talked at the beginning about your foundation you're running, um, Uccelin. Um, maybe you can just tell us about, okay, what is it about and how did it start and what is the goal of it? I think Uccelin, I think we, I think it's maybe back now seven years, seven and a half years when I felt that, hey, we have to give something back because we had quite a success here in first now and uh, we had all the awards and I was thinking, hey, shit, we need to do something. We need to give something back. We need to do have to, to support a social project or whatever. 
Then I talked to Sarah, to my wife, and we said, hey, what should we support? Should we support something in Africa or what should we do? And at the end, we said, hey, maybe we should support our own industry and create something which which gives a chance to the young people to, to attract the, the, the gastronomic even more. To, because we felt already at that time, when I talked to my friends in Germany, they always complained about the stuff, that they don't find any stuff. And then we said, okay, we didn't have these problems. We still ha don't have these huge problems. So and we said, oh, but maybe we should create something like that to attract the, yes, to, to maybe change the, the change the attitude of the industry as well and also maybe to change the to to bring the to bring the gastronomic world into a better light and then we said okay maybe we should create something which you gives the chance to young people to travel the world we have all these contacts we have all these friends out there in the world which which have the same passion like us let's ask them if they would be part of this program that we can send these young people to their places for four weeks they don't have to pay anything we take over all the costs and let's create like a like a foundation which is maybe like like uh, don't have to pay tax which is an ngo which is uh which is like uh, also like controlled by the state which is like no, has nothing to do with my with my with my company it's something which i did privately at the at, at the beginning which is privately and which is a foundation which is independent and uh, and then we had we did some research and all these possibilities and then at the end we said hey let's we find a funda we found a foundation with with the purpose of supporting young chef and service talents and, uh, and that was the purpose it's still the main purpose and uh, and then we started like collecting uh, from every menu we sell we started collecting like two swiss francs and then we said okay let's do one charity a year maybe to get a little bit money into the foundation as well and then so we started collecting from our from our uh, uh, restaurants we have and from the charities and uh, and i think it's now been seven years we had already more than 45 people on the program we supported uh, 45 people i mean one program cost us fifteen thousand dollars and uh, and i think we we have still we are still in the start we're still a startup at the end but i think we have a super base now which which is which is a lot of there's a lot of knowledge already behind there's a lot of yes possibilities for the future we hired now somebody who works only for the foundation because so far we sarah did it my wife mainly and i supported her and now we, we are really able to go out and reach out to even more young people to get that they know that there is a platform that they can apply they have to be at least three five years on their jobs on the or in the gastronomic world they they cannot be older than 35 years and then they have the chance to really travel the world for five and a half months going to the best restaurants of the world and uh, uh, visiting the best producers like a, like for example like an oyster farm in belgium or like a like a butler uh, butler studies in in london or like a whatever it is you can choose whatever you want we we make it happen and we take over the costs and there is no there is we don't want anything from them we just want the people to come back after five and a half months then they have to create a product and then they're free again they don't have to pay anything back they're just like it's just like something for the industry and it's our contribution for the future and 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 our contribution to this beautiful industry okay um quick stop there i mean it sounds really crazy so what i understood so because we have a lot of young um, chefs listening to that and i mm -hmm. i think that that caught their attention right now so if i'm mm -hmm. i can be from anywhere any chef yes. or is it swiss specific no no it's worldwide okay. we have now for example a colombian guy on the program 
then we have one guy from Thailand on the program. Then we have like a some German, a German one, and an Austrian, I think, and then another Swiss. So it can be from everywhere. It just it depends a little bit if it's like a very random country which is very very dangerous, which is very difficult to get the visa to bring it into Switzerland and into Europe. Then it's maybe then our hands are like 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 then we cannot yeah. do that much. But if somebody comes from Malaysia, if somebody comes from Italy or even like from Peru, it doesn't matter. They can try it from from wherever they come from from wherever they come from. Yeah. Everybody yeah. has a chance. It doesn't yeah. matter what religion or what what mm. what color of skin. It doesn't matter. And 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 I mean, you you apply. Um, and how does the application process work? How do you decide? Okay, I'm, we go for this person. And how many per year do you take at the end? Uh, you can apply twice twice a year. So now September is like uh, it's the portal open. So we do it always in March and in September. You go on our website. You have a uh, you have like a form which you have to fill up, and then you just send us a a a, a, a letter of of of, of uh, you want an application letter, and then. Uh, If everything is done correctly, then we take it out and then we have like a board of foundation meeting and then we look at up all the candidates and then we choose the candidates who can go on the program and and then we inform them that they can go on the program and then we work out these travel uh, programs with them where they want to go and work. Is it Daniel Holm? Is it Virgilio Martinez? Is it uh, Geranium with... with, uh, with uh, with uh, Rasmus or is it Alchemist or they can choose wherever they want to go and we make it happen. And, uh, and at the end, we had 45 people now since we, we started with the foundation. This year we had, I think, two times people going up with eight. I think this year we had 10 people on the program. And I think the dream is to have in the future 50, 60, 70 people per year on the program. I think that's our big vision to really change the industry completely. Crazy and, and and what are you looking on the CV or on the do you say hey I want that you you think big you have a certain vision or what because I guess you get a lot of applications and, and maybe you can share how how many applications you get and what are you looking on that you decide okay I'm gonna go I think it should just be like very sincere applications you know with with a dream with the possibility to to raise up there. That knowledge you can you can feel it when somebody does a, an application with a lot of love and attention and and you can just see if somebody is really motivated to go on the program if they have the the motivation to to stay in there i think for us it's very important that the people we choose are really staying in the in the industry the, pe the chef who wants to stay to be who wants to be a chef and wants to stay as a chef not somebody who wants maybe to be a hotel manager in the future that's not the people we want to, to support we support the people who really love their job and we want to give them yeah the possibilities to to open up their their mm -hmm. eyes and to 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 see other countries other other to learn or to learn other people to get to know other people other cultures and we really want to be like a like a yes like a possibility mm -hmm. for them to to grow in 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 as a whole person mm. and uh and at the end it's just about how the application is written how what's the motivation of it uh, and then it's quite easy mm. to actually to to be to be to be token i mean that's that's a good to topic we talk about also talent culinary talent and um i just recently visited the united states and they have the same problem there of finding staff 
Um, I know it's in, of course, in Austria, it's in Germany. It's now even in Italy and Spain, a topic where it never was a topic. How do you, how do you think that th that situation, especially let's really focus on, on chefs and maybe also service staff. How do you think that will develop in the next 10, 10 years? I think Corona hit us, the gastronomic world, quite hard. And I think a lot of people went off because maybe also like, because they don't have any other, uh, they don't have any possibilities anymore in the gastronomic world they, because they just shut down the restaurant in many countries. And then the, the restaurant owners, they just have to had to fire all the people because they couldn't afford them to keep them. And so many people found other jobs and they saw how, how easy it is like normal to live a normal world life. But I'm sure that, That the new generation who comes up, there's a new chance to 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 go out and uh, approach to them, and to show them how great our industry is, and that's something we just need to make better in the future. We need to have a better balanced life into our gastronomic world. We need to pay great salaries for them. We need to have a better, a better, uh, I think a better work-life balance, but also a better culture and a better, a better, I think, uh, how you call it. Not these rough situations, maybe a better a better way to 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 work in a team and to not this this very primitive talking. Mm -hmm. And it's more about I think we need we we are able to change the whole industry. I think mm -hmm. it's a change also. If the, when the new ones come up now or come out of school, that we really approach them to to come into our industry and to see how great our industry is. I think it's also a chance, and I'm sure that many people who left the industry that they are going to come back. I think in one, two years, this problem is hopefully going to be solved because I think many people are sure missing this, this special energy mm -hmm. which happens in a restaurant and in, in, a, in a restaurant which you can bring a great meal to the table and, uh, and yes, let the, the guests discover an amazing uh, meal and an amazing experience. I think that's a feeling you, you get which is unpayable, actually. Mm. And I'm I, I, I'm very positive that more people are going to come back, and I'm sure that our foundation Uccellini is maybe doing a little part, but maybe in the future we'll have even a more impact part to really mm. showcase how amazing our gastronomic world is. Yeah, and I, I mean what you said, you know, people left, and they some of them they went to working for Amazon in a in a fabric or stuff. So I really, yeah. I, what you said might be really true that they say, hey. Maybe that's also not the life I wanna, I wanna live. Yes. Uh, yeah. Then one, I mean, talking about Amazon, talking about the future, also the the, the chef job itself is changing. Um, we see also, you know, we see new machines coming coming to the kitchen, new technology. Um, how do you really? Let, let's 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 get a little crazy and 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 think in the in the future. Um, how will the job of, as a chef look in the future? How do you think it will develop? Do you think it stays the same as it is because it's not changeable or do you think it, it will change? And if you think, yes, it changes, how will it look like? I think I would, the, the only thing who will change maybe even more is the life work balance that we give them more chances and more like balance that it's not only work that you have also life behind, beside But at the end, you want to cook like grandmother and to surprise the guests with maybe some new techniques, whatever. But at the end, the taste is everything and the product and the best product you use 
and 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 uh, thought about sustainability and uh, the good feeling of a good product which is treated well which is grown in your own garden i think that's something which's going to change but the, as a chef i think it, it it has to do with passion it has to do with a with a special feeling you have to cook with the love you put into a dish that's something you cannot motorize it's something which no machine can do it's something maybe a machine could help to do it even better but at the end the, it's it's a human who who has a taste who needs to to yes sure you can do like one dish and you pre- reproduce it a hundred million times then it's different but if you want to be a chef which is creative and it's always changing and looking for something better or even a better dish or even a better product then it's something which is just this has to do with passion and this is not something which which anyone can uh, like uh, can uh, replace it's impossible mm. i think the, the 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 position as a chef i think it's in the future even more appreciated it can be well better paid than at the moment i would say has maybe better conditions to work and uh, but at the end the 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 price of the menus are going to rise because the the customer has to pay more for a product and for for a, for a great dish and then it's also then it's also affordable for the chefs to to yes to have a good salary and to have a good work life balance but at the end the customer has to pay it and uh, mm. and i'm sure the the less people who work the the more appreciation is from the from the customer that he, they get still get some restaurants where they can go and be served and they can eat well so they're willing to pay more for that i think but at the job as a chef i think it's going to stay mm. it's because the base is a passion and the love for food and the love for for a great meal i, I and think that's the, the basic of of a, of a success yeah what you said is i think it's really important that you know when there is are more chefs or more restaurants or less restaurants with with you know where you have high quality you know i think it the appreciation will increase because you don't you know it's not this commodity anymore where you just go and you pay five euros or swiss francs for i mean okay in switzerland you never pay five uh, francs for anything but you know in 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 here in in the eurozone pay five euros for a dish and you you just eat and then you leave and um, that might really change so i i agree with you and also the appreciation to good products and uh, not this mass production on 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 poultries or the mass production on on, on meats Mm. i think this is also like I think we will be greener in the future, and it will be more regulated how to how to grow grow uh, uh, how to grow like uh, animals and stuff like that. I think that we are in Europe. We are very well educated, and I'm sure everybody wants to be sustainable. Everybody is taking care more about the sustainability, about how how are the staff treated, how is the where is the product coming from, how is the environment of all the employees, how is the gender politics. How is whatever? There are so many topics who come together, which you you have to bring that into the future. And every restaurateur and owner of a hotel or restaurant has his has his responsibility to bring his company to the next level, to the next step, to make it better for our employees, to put more effort into that, to get to pay better salaries, to higher up the prices, to be able to pay more salary. So I think this is going to change even more in the future. And I mean, besides all your the projects you have you have a lot of different projects you talked about them um your restaurant the foundation and a lot of things let's assume money doesn't play a role okay mm-hmm. you have 10 million swiss francs 10 million euros what 
project would you follow? What would you do with it? I think I would still keep going with the foundation because I think that is this is the most sustainable project we have and I put a lot of effort into it, which I don't earn any money and that I don't want to earn any money. I want to give something back to the young talents and give a chance to them. And that is something which could which we could use quite good into the foundation to really be able to give, to put hundreds of students on the program every year. This is the future and this is also the our goal to be able to do it in the future. And that's, I would take this 10 million, put it into the foundation and start growing up a little bit more the, the back office of that to be that, that we can then be able to put much more people on the program. Mm. I mean, uh, with 10 million, you can send a couple of people around the world, which, I mean, I, I, I love the idea of the foundation. Super, super interesting. Um, I guess you also will receive some some applications after this podcast. I mean, it's super interesting. Um, let's wrap up. I, I have two final questions for you, which I ask every guest I, I have on the podcast. And the first question is, what is the best dish you ever made and what made it so special? Oh, there are many, I would say. But uh, last fall, I did a dish. We had a lot of onions. We have one farmer who is just uh, next to our village. Which grows, which were growing 25 different kinds of onions. So I said, yeah, we take 50 kilos, I think, each or whatever. And then we had these onions, and we said we need to do an onion dish. What should we do? But all these normal things, like like braising it, like cooking it, we did all everything. But it was like ah, a little bit unsexy. And then uh, we had a lot of uh, fusales also in the garden. And then I started uh, working around the fusales and around these onions. And then uh, at the end, we came up with a beautiful dish, which was just onion and fusales, served cold, made like a, a very cold uh, onion, uh, like uh, onion vinaigrette, and then all these different kinds of onions, and then the fusales with it, and some different kind of oils, like a chili oil and stuff like that. And it turned out to be a beautiful amis bush, which I think it's one of these dishes, which which it's quite a... A dish which which represents our cuisine quite well, or maybe our head salad. It's like a it's like a salad I started doing 2012. It was like a salad sorbet or salad uh, ice cream, salty, and we still have it. But we all, every year we do it a little bit differently, and uh, and I think this is also like a dish which the people just completely go crazy for, and uh, and this is a dish I think which it's never getting boring, and uh, and then is another dish for example we start. Did a dish last year with kale, different cabbages and kales, and this is also something which is so simple, and such a different difficult product to do something which is quite amazing, and we 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 were able to create something which was also like a wow, it's cabbage and kale, but ah, which just gives you this this feeling of wow, this is an amazing dish which completely represents what you are and what you want to be. And I think I could uh, I could count maybe another 10 to 15 dishes, but uh, not more. Huh? It's like I have a career of 20 years and I have maybe mm -hmm. around, let's say, 20, 30 dishes, which I, which I still <laughs> love and which I can still bring out and still make it. And they are still amazing. And there are other hundreds of other dishes which you maybe never would do again because you said, ah, it's not in the time anymore. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it was nice then, but I wouldn't do it anymore. And that's something which is... Yeah, it's it's quite special if you if you if you have a dish where you you feel already from the beginning. Oh, this is a dish which is never getting boring. 
But it seems like it's a or often it's really the simple things like the onions. You do something like crazy because onion is unexpected. Yeah. You know what do you do with yeah. an onion? And you get the flavors out and you make it awesome and everything. Wow, that's an yeah. onion. Um, yeah. And 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 my last question. And let's assume you need to pick your your last meal in your life. And let's hope it's going to last. You don't need to do that anytime yeah, soon. Yeah. But what would be your last meal? Oh, it's very difficult. I think when you're in a, when you're in a situation and you know it's gonna going to the end, and maybe I hope it's gonna go another forty years of sure. And uh, but if you feel this is going to an end, I think then you just want to go back home. I think go back to childhood and eat something which maybe your mother already cooked and uh, maybe something very simple, very very homey, very like family. Yes, very. I think I think when then you go want to go back where you came from. And I think that's the taste and the dishes. Maybe I would, for me, maybe would be like a, like a potato dish or like maloons or maybe something like capoons, maybe which 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 is a traditional dish from our region, which we always cooked at home or my mother cooked at home, and every household cooks at home in this region. So, I maybe it would be a dish like that. What is capoons? Because I I don't know it. Capoons is like a Swiss chard, like a Swiss chard wrap. If we fill it like with the spätzleteig and dried meat. And like a special herb, which is called arvochuro, it's it's a mint type of of herb, and then you have chives inside and other herbs, and then you have like a the dried meat inside, and then you wrap it into a Swiss chard leaf, and then you cook it in like in a bouillon in a broth. Some people do a little bit cream inside. Some people uh, like make a gratte out of it with like a bit like like cheese on top, or you serve it like in a in a like in a broth with onions, and uh, and then you have these capoons, which is like this. This, like these rolls cooked in this in this broth and served with a, a little bit of cheese and brown butter and uh, fried onions on top very traditional for for this region of the canton of Brisson. Andreas thanks a lot um, thanks also really sharing your your story as an entrepreneur as a chef um, your, your garden we talked about the garden and um, also talked about business And we talked about your foundation, Uccellin. I will add the link to it in the in the notes so people can find it. So, Andreas, thanks yeah. a lot. Um, was great, great to have you and all the listeners. Um, we hear us next time. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. <laughs>